Hello and welcome to Powerhouse Politics. I'm ABC News Chief White House Correspondent Jonathan Carl. And I'm ABC News Political Director Rick Klein. So Rick, this is an emergency podcast. We, uh, of course, had our regular podcast yesterday talking to Governor Inslee, but we have an opportunity uh, this morning to talk to another uh, governor right on the front lines in one of the hardest hit states. That's right, John, and it's an important and interesting day for governors, so let's get right to it. Uh, We're pleased to be joined here on the podcast by the governor of the Garden State, the governor of the great state of New Jersey, and Governor Murphy, welcome to the podcast, sir. Rick, thanks for having me. I I, want to talk a little bit about the timeline from here and and the situation in New Jersey, but I'm curious, because the president is going to convene another one of these calls with the governor's uh, this afternoon um, with some additional guidance. He's had an interesting take on these calls. Uh, you've been on them. I assume you've been on, on all of them. And he, he sort of portrays it as, as a Trump love fest, where a lot of folks are singing his praises and talking about how great the federal government response has been. Is that your impression? Take us inside what these calls actually sound like from, from a governor's perspective. Yeah, I think I've been on all of them. Um, they're productive. You know, we, we don't just rely on those calls to communicate with the White House. So we are bilaterally or in small groups constantly in touch with them, including the president and vice president. Um, and I have to say, we've never had a call that wasn't returned. So I have to I have to say that um, I think the calls are uh, the, the video call is sort of in a couple of different categories. Number one, there is a dissemination of information from the White House team, beginning with either the president or the vice president or both, and then people like uh, Dr. Burks and and uh, other at the Admiral Giroir, the, the whole range of folks who will uh, 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 FEMA team, etc. And then the governors uh, go around, and I would say their comments are in two categories. I think pretty simply in every case. Number one. I think there is legitimate thanks for the support, you know, a specific item that may have happened, you know, in our case, whether it's ventilators or PPE or Army Corps setting up field medical stations or FEMA helping us with testing. And then then the second piece that invariably almost every governor, and I can say that this has been the case for me every time out, thank you for X, Y, and Z. And by the way, we, are, we still could use A, B, and C. So I, I think it's it's pretty factual, uh, I have to say. And you see a lot of commonality, not complete commonality, because you get different regions of the country, different sides of the aisle, but you do see a lot of overlap in terms of what folks either got or what they need. And I think my guess is that'll continue to be the case. To what extent is this is this guidance um, taken as direction from where you sit? It, the president um, contradicted himself earlier in the week, as you know, and initially said he's got the full authority to order states to reopen. Um, he's since backed a bit away from that. But uh, when you're listening to the call this afternoon, how much does the president get to tell the governor of New Jersey uh, when and, and how and if to open things up? I actually think, Rick, it is a, and I, and I believe this completely, there's sort of three rings of how this is going to happen. The first one, and that's the most important, is what we're doing within the four walls of New Jersey. I'm the chief executive. I got elected to this position. I got to make sure whatever we do, whether it's battling the, the, the virus as we are now or wargaming for how we, what healthcare infrastructure we're going to need and how we're going to responsibly reopen, it's got to work first, first for us. Secondly, we formed a regional 
uh, council of seven states earlier this week. Uh, that was really, frankly, just putting a formal designation around what had been, for most of those states, an informal reality already. So I'll pick Andrew Cuomo. You know, he, he and I and his teams and my teams have been constantly communicating, in particular, as we took steps to shut things down. You don't want to have the crazy unintended consequence of a one set of standards for restaurants in Jersey City and another one for the lower west side of Manhattan. So the, the reopening council only, frankly, puts a formality around a, a level of informal and intense co- cooperation that we've already seen. And then the third ring, it's inescapable. We need to do all of the above in concert with the indispensable partner, which is the federal government. I mean, the federal government plays the role that no matter how big or, or, or strong a state or region may be, there's no escaping it. So we've got to find common ground with those three rings, what we're doing, what our region is doing, and what we're doing with the federal government. So far, we've been able to do that, by the way. Uh, we just got to hope that, that that level of cooperation continues. I have no reason to believe it won't, but that's what we need. If you're told there's a date, if the if the federal government mandates a date, as the president has been suggesting there would be, uh, does that does that drive an outcome so far as the regional governors are concerned? Does that mean that you and, and Governor Cuomo and Governor Lamont are all going to, to go along with that necessarily? I would expect, I'll speak for myself, I'd expect that we would, but only if the predicate steps are in place. In other words, only if we believe we have largely uh, snuffed out community spread of the coronavirus in our state, that we have a big a big point here that has to be said. We have got to have what we have not had as a nation. And we may do in New Jersey. I think we have the fourth most number of tests for coronavirus of any American state, and the three ahead of us are a lot bigger. Um, but we must have a broad-scale, rapid testing regime in place. Uh, we've got to have contact tracing assets in place. Um, and can we have those by June 1st? I, I would, I, I certainly would hope so, but we won't, we can't probably do that by ourselves. We're going to need the federal government as a partner in that. So I would say we, we're, we're all, listen, I'll be the happiest guy, if not in New Jersey, maybe in America or on the planet, if we're able to uh, start getting back on our feet on June 1. But we've got to have broken the back of the virus. We've got to have that healthcare infrastructure in place. And we've got a plan that both works for us, for the region, and for the for the country. Hey, Governor Murphy, John Carl here. How are you? John, welcome. How are you? Good. Uh, I, w- one of the big challenges, it seems to me, for, uh, for the New York metro area, for New Jersey, Connecticut, New York, is the question of mass transit. When, when do you realistically think you'll be able to, uh, to, to basically reopen mass transit? And how do, you, how do you figure out how to do that? It's a good question. Uh, we actually are still open, theoretically. NJ Transit, both train and bus are functioning. I think they're, they're down ridership somewhere 93 to 95%. And by the way, just it just came out this morning. It's, it's leader, uh, an extraordinary guy, Kevin Corbett, is, is battling COVID-19. So we keep him in our prayers. So we've put a pretty significant protocol in place for NJ Transit. And my guess is that will only be intensified. So we've said um, 50% capacity at best on any car or bus. Uh, we, NJ Transit must provide personal protective equipment for its staff. 
Uh, folks have to be wearing face covering to even get on a bus or a train. Uh, we're we're going to see, John, without question, uh, that continue. I don't see any scenario where it doesn't. Um, my hope would be would be running more buses and more trains than we are now, because our not only is ridership down, but capacity is down. Uh, but we're going to have to stick to those adherence. I think, by the way, let me say this: whether it's NJ Transit, a bar a restaurant, a warehouse, a supermarket, a ball game. We, we will be in a, whatever we define as normal going forward will be different than the normal we were living three months ago. No question about it. And, and do you think in terms of uh, major events, you mentioned ball games, major events, like concerts, uh, think about the Meadowlands. I mean, are, are we realistically going to see any of that happening before we have a, vi- a vaccine that everybody can take? You know, I, 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 not, as a non-medical expert, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I, I saw the Germans overnight have said no concerts and no, no ball games till August 31st. So I'm sure there are a lot of soccer hearts bleeding over there. I'm the former U.S. ambassador to Germany. Uh, my guess is that there's a period of time here, and I just don't know how, how much it will last longer where we will not be able to con- congregate. Uh, I, just, I just can't see it. Uh, I do think, listen, if th- I think this is, uh, I'll describe what I think is a good order of events. And if we can achieve this, not just in Jersey, but nationally, we'll get to that faster, which is break the back of the darn virus. I mean, the, the economic recovery does not happen unless it's on the back of a complete, strong healthcare recovery. We break the back of this thing. Secondly, we have the healthcare infrastructure in place that I mentioned a minute ago. Broad scale testing, contact tracing, plans to quarantine uh, if need be, so that we, we don't reignite, reignite this thing. We then, you know, simultaneously with that, hopefully, you begin to reopen with protocols, uh, depending on what we're talking about here. But a restaurant, I could see the following you get your temperature check going in. Uh, every server is wearing a mask and gloves. There's a hyper protocol around cleaning services, 50% capacity at most. Tables have to be X feet apart. I, I see sort of a fair amount of that. Next step, it, the experts, and again, I'm not one of them, will, will say that there is a possibility fall, winter for therapeutics that aren't just used for malaria, hey, let's try it for COVID-19, but that actually be, begin to be available for direct COVID-19 uh, symptoms and realities. That would be really good. And then Tony Fauci, again, he said this to me privately, and I think he's reiterated it today. A year, year and a half from now, you've got broad scale safe vaccines. That's a, you know, I think what I've just described is a best case arc of events. I don't know where the, you know, the NFL football game or the big concert uh, fits into that arc. Uh, But my guess is uh, it, it's to be determined. I, I don't think any of us right now can, can pick a moment in time and say with any amount of conviction that we are there for this or that. But that arc I've just described to me feels like one that we, if we could do it, that, that, that's a, a path to success. Governor, I, I noticed a, a Bloomberg News story just this morning. Um, uh, it's uh, reporting that you are floating a bond issue to try to balance the budget. Obviously, billions of dollars in lost revenue that you'd anticipate in your your budget. I think states across the country are going to cope with the same. Is it just a fact that that people in New Jersey and people maybe across the country, but specific to your state, are going to have to pay higher taxes 
uh, to, to make up for the lost revenue? Is that is that really where this has to be headed, given uh, the fact that uh, so many states, yours included, are, are going to be coping with this uh, enormous uh, hit out of your out of your revenue stream. Yeah, I, listen, I, the, you cannot understate that enormity. By the way, uh, we are at the front lines. Whether you've lost your job, you're a small business that's gone under, or you're in a hospital under care, uh, or any number of other roles that we're playing are are we are at the point of attack. Our expenses are going up, and our revenues have fallen off a cliff. Um, so the bond that I think you're referring to is merely taking advantage of what the Federal Reserve pronounced last week in terms of their willingness to inject liquidity, including buying municipal bonds of a tenure of a, a term of up to two years. Uh, we're actually, I've got a meeting right after this uh, to go over that very uh, point. Um, and that's not an idle interest on our part. Uh, we want to make sure that we've got the assets and the liquidity that we need. I'll tell you, though, guys, where the, the big slug needs to come from. I hope it's not on the back of taxpayers because the, we're already a high tax state. You get a lot for what you pay for in New Jersey. We get the number one public education system in America, uh, a location that's second to none and all that, but it's already a high tax state. Uh, we need a big slug of direct cash assistance from the feds. So the CARES Act, and I hope we're able to get through the the the, the weeds of how the the, the support is, is um is defined uh, in that we'll get uh, our share of that, but we're going to need a lot more. So this is a particular role. Not only do we need the federal government on things like healthcare infrastructure for testing, we need Congress and the, and the administration to come up with a big number, direct cash into states. I think the National Governors Association had put a $500 billion uh, number for states. I, I, I don't want to speak for my fellow governors. I think our region alone and I'll, I'll define that as New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Connecticut. I'll bet you that number's $150 billion for our four states alone. That, to me, is where money needs to come from, and it needs to come urgently. Governor Murphy, I want to thank you for uh, joining us. Uh, but by the way, uh, my daughter, Emily, works uh, with a company called Yext, which is uh, partnering with New Jersey on your COVID-19 uh, website. And uh, she wanted me to also, she's very important work, but she also wanted me to mention the, the, the Twitter feed, the New Jersey Twitter feed, and, uh, which, which even during this time you seem to be able to have a little bit of fun with. Uh, the, the, there was a tweet the other day from Twitter, from the twi main Twitter account saying, send pet pics, and uh, the New Jersey account sent a picture of Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> hey, is, is, please, please tell Emily thank you. Yext has been huge. Uh, they have worked with our uh, innovation team, uh, and they came up with, we, we have one of the first, and I think it's still the best all-encompassing website of any state in America, covid19.nj.gov. So it's a place you can go to if you've lost your job, you've got symptoms, you're a small business, uh, you want to know where to get tested, uh, you've got a complaint about NJ Transit. It's literally all-encompassing, really easy to use. And Yext deserves a big shout out. Great. Thank you, Governor Murphy. We appreciate your time. Thanks for having us, guys. So, Rick, uh, you know, it sounds, again, this is you know, similar to, to our, what we heard from Governor Inslee. Uh, this light switch is not going to be turned on anytime soon, is it? And it's not going to be by the federal government. And I think even as the president offers up his guidance to these states. They're viewing it as guidance. They want to work with the federal government. We've heard this now from two Democratic governors. Um, 
John, they, they want to work, but they also recognize they have their own unique challenges. And to see these regional coalitions come together, I think, uh, speaks to that. Uh, and look, there, there's a rising tide in this country that is pointing toward reopening. Um, we're seeing it in these scenes that are playing out, protesters uh, in a bunch of state houses around the country. Uh, folks want to get back to work. Um, the, the, the more encouraging numbers, uh, the better weather, all of it points in that same direction of a reopened country. Uh, I think there's some major clashes potentially coming here, John, because you do have uh, conflicts between uh, different uh, interest groups, uh, different individuals, different government entities now, uh, with with the president potentially charting a different course than a lot of the nation's governors will be. It's going to be a really interesting couple of weeks to see how the country emerges out of this in, in what you have to expect will be very uneven ways. And uh, oh, to be on the uh, the call today with uh, with the president and the governors on all of this um, doesn't appear like there is a mutiny in the works, but uh, but but there's no question, as you said, that the governors ultimately are the ones going to be calling the shots on this. Uh, Rick, that is all the time we have for this emergency uh, powerhouse politics podcast. We will be back next week, or who knows, maybe before. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Trevor Hastings, Avery Miller, and the entire powerhouse politics team. We'll talk to you soon.